Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 71 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. I am Jacob Miracle. Hi, Jacob. Hi. I'm, I'm trying to get up to your energy level right now. I'm doing my best. Fake it till you make it. Right, that's that's the motto of this show right there. <laughs> it really is. We do, we do a good job of that. Um, anything new, Jacob? I feel like I never, I never ask you what's going on in your life. Yeah, it's always the same thing it's always like running and just stuff like that like oh. i just had the, i had the buffalo marathon this past week so oh, that yeah. was fun that's good yeah did you did you run hard uh, you know as hard as i could i finished in four hours and 18 minutes so hey man 10 minutes slower than i did the week the couple of weeks before but hey what are you going to do what are you going to do i i don't know how about Literally, you i'm gonna sit on the couch so i have no no thoughts how oh, i also you know watched the uh, the last kingdom that was fun that's a good game of thrones substitute the Last Kingdom? Yeah, it's like a Vikings ripoff for Netflix. Oh, I haven't yeah. even heard of that. Not bad. Worth watching. We, You need to watch so that we can talk in a future episode about Chernobyl. Can you, I just put that in your mind right now? You know what? I will knock that out this week, actually. I'm, no. Don't binge it. Why, why not? Because it's not meant to be binged. Really? You, you'll you be in the fetal position on the floor. Well, I'm always in the fetal you position need, on the floor. You need to like watch one and put some space between it. Hmm. I really don't feel that it's a bingeable show. Do what you will. Oh. But watching people's radioactive skin melt off, you just don't really need it back to back is what Ooh. I'm going to say. Hey, you know what? I saw the day after and I enjoyed it, so maybe I will do oh, Chernobyl. Of course That sounds pretty rad. Um, Russians are evil? Who would have thought? They're not. That's literally not what Chernobyl's about. What? Well, don't they like? Isn't it about a nuclear explosion in Russia that they still can't have people live there, and they make horror movies about to this day? Yeah, but what does it have to do with being evil? Well, you know, didn't they just like leave people you're, behind? You are just. You know what? We'll you're know just ne- talking out your butt right now. We'll know next week after I watch the show. And they then we'll they get do to make. See. They do make really it terrible didn't choices. Didn't the world almost end because of that? Literally, yes. Yeah. So you know. Yes. I'm just saying that's a bad guy. But just plot. because that's people making, you know, errors at work. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's a way. That's one po- way to put it. Poe buddy's nerfect. You, yeah, should get you working at a PR firm or something with that spin. That's a <laughs> oh, great I don't piece wanna, of work. No, right I don't want to spin Chernobyl. But <laughs> speaking of terrible things that actually seem to be going better, can we talk about my boo, Alex Trebek? Oh, okay. So... As you probably know, three months ago, he announced that he was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, and I was super bummed because I love that dude. I love Jeopardy. It's a great show. It's one of the best, like... Especially right now, it is like having its moment in the sun. Yeah, I suppose it is. With I don't that. really like when they have these constant winners. It, I didn't like It doesn't Ken happen Jennings. often, though. Yeah, I know. I didn't like it. The, I just mean, I didn't like it the last time it happened. No. I don't really like this one. This dude's like a banana. This dude's totally weird. I know. That's what I'm like. I'm like, mm, what if this guy doesn't lose, man? That'd be weird. So poor Alex, the his cancer, so stage four pancreatic cancer, I feel like that's the worst thing you usually hear. It has a 9% survival rate only, Ooh. which is really depressing. But he's been responding really well to chemotherapy, and his doctors have said that like the sort of reaction that he's having – um, is like unheard of, and that some of his tumors have already shrunk by more than 50%. That's awesome. So he's doing great. Yeah. So I was so pumped about him. I was like, you know what? We should talk about Alex Trebek because he's baller. Of course. And then we should talk about game shows in general, especially in the films. You know what? As Alex Trebek could say, what is a great idea? <laughs> and that is one right there. He knows everything. He has been 
um, the face of Jeopardy for more than 33 years and in the general business for more than 50. That's imp- I mean, yeah, what else do you need? He's had a, one of the most successful game shows of all time. I mean, ever. That like, is why his net worth is around $50 million. You know what? I actually thought it would be more than that. Really? But you know what? 33 years, you just got to show up and do the same job. Just ask pe- or tell people answers and then they ask yeah, the questions. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not so bad. So as we all know, he's probably one of our favorite Canadians. He was born in Ontario. His mother is French Canadian. I think his dad was like a Ukrainian immigrant. Oh. He's just a real smorgasbord, Alex there. But to help pay for his tuition at the University of Ottawa, he started working part-time at the Canadian Broadcast Company. Um, and then people were impressed with his talents, and he was offered a full-time gig there after he graduated. And he did, like, news and weather and yada yada stuff. But when um, sitcom star and fellow Canadian Alan Thicke... Of course. I feel like you love Alan Always Thicke. Alan Thicke involved. He took He's always it. in the thick of things, <laughs> as oh, they say. Oh, <laughs> I just set myself up. But he took a chance on Alex in the 70s, and that's when his career took off. So he... Um, he had him audition for a new game show that Alex uh, Alan Thicke was writing the th- theme song for. It was called The Wizard of Odds. Whoa, great, I, na- great name. So much. But lo and behold, so Alex got the job for that, and he became the show's official host in 1973. And he is, like, literally the biggest Alan Thicke fanboy now. Like, he always talks about him and how he gave him his big break. Um, but anyway, so now he's on this weird show called Wizard of Odds, which might be the best game show name ever. Um, he introduced the world to what I feel a legit serious mustache looks like. It's a top five mustache of all time. I mean, I still miss it. Yeah, it's I right, right up there with right up face. there with Tom Selleck. Like, they're just at oh, the that is true. They really those are the two best. But he kind of dabbled in different hosting projects, and then in 1983. He was introduced um, to Jeopardy, which had been around for a while, but had like a really rocky history. It came out in like 64. It was a Merv Griffin show because I think everything Everything was was a Merv Griffin show. It ran for 11 years, but it was canceled um, in 75 because it just couldn't appeal to a younger demographic. And that's what NBC was looking for. But it made a reboot in 78. It was canceled three months after that because it was just trash. So they tried it one more time um, in 84 with Alex and boom. That's awesome. I wonder who the other two failed hosts were. That's got to be a, that's a fun Jeopardy question, I mean, I'm sure. And it really shows how impressive he was because it, they gave it like really terrible time slots. Um, they kept moving it from stations and pulling it around. They would really pressure Alex and the producers to make the questions easier so that viewers wouldn't feel bad that they didn't know the answers. And he was just like, no. And then over time, he really made the show his own. He got better air times. And now Jeopardy is being watched by more than 15 million people daily. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised at all. It's such a great show. I remember the time slot, nice 7.30 spot in oh, there. It's just great. You just finished dinner. You're ready to be humiliated by your television set. It feels good. You're just hoping somebody's <laughs> going to make him mad so he makes some kind of snarky remark to him as the show goes on. Can I just say that I think my all-time favorite Jeopardy episode... I love when they have Celebrity Jeopardy. Yep, because I feel smart. I feel so smart on that and Team um, Jeopardy. Unless it's Ashton Kutcher. Sorry, dude was like one of the smartest celebrities I ever saw. I was like, holy cow, you've been misjudged. You're super smart. But John Lovitz was on. Oh, gra- oh my God. He was so funny. But, you know, Alex would be like, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Machu Picchu or whatever. And John Lovitz is like, well, 
Aren't you smart? Wouldn't I be as smart as you if I had the answer cards in front of my face? <laughs> like, it was so good. You, by the way, I spot like, you, on. I actually impression. was like, can't even remember what John Lovett sounds like. It's, spot on Lovett's it was, right there. I wasn't going for authenticity. Well, you didn't go for it, <laughs> but you achieved it. Well oh, done. I can't. So just like game shows in general are... I mean, kind of crazy. There's been so many over time and that they really came to age towards the end of the Great Depression because people were so hard up for money that the lure of cash and prizes really drew audiences in, I guess, to just vicariously live through these contestants. This week on whatever show in 1940, you get a chance to win five thousand dollars. Yay, yay, after taxes, it's nothing. But like most forms of entertainment, I think... Game shows have a really bizarre and sordid side, too. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it's no surprise that some storytellers and directors have sought to kind of adapt that subject matter for other mediums. Because, like, an episode of a game show is kind of already its own little story. Oh, yeah. So they have fit into many films, and that's what we want to talk about today is some movies that maybe you haven't seen or forgotten about that feature, at some point, a game show in it. Yeah, it, it seems like a pretty wide-open little area there, and there's, seems there's like some a, greats in here. It seems like a random episode. I like it. It's dedicated to you, Alex. Yeah, for get, you, man. Get, get well soon. We want the mustache back. Get back on that show. It's true. He has a toupee on right now, and it's probably the best. You can't even tell. You cannot tell for one second that that's not his hair. Oh, gosh. We're going to have to, like, uh, time after Trebek on Jeopardy? I don't even want to. I can't even imagine it. I I don't know how it's going to work. I don't. They'll get Ashton Kutcher straight off of his serial killer trial and then get him to host it. Maybe that might work. I mean, it might. I'm telling you, you should find that episode. He is really smart. Hmm. It's really impressive. Anyway, so let's talk about um, some movies and then maybe some of the books the movies were based on that also cover it. But the first one I have to start with is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, oh, man. which is also a book written the unofficial, unofficial autobiography yeah. of Chuck Barris. quotes there. Okay, so in the movie, Sam Rockwell plays Chuck Barris, totally like bananas, um, and he's at the height of his career. He's created The Dating Game, which is one of the network's top shows. Still around on one of those stations you get one without a cable box. I wish I had that. Really? Oh, yeah. I need to find that. Yeah, there's a whole game show network. You can just watch old 70s game shows. Oh, that's exciting. But he's just been giving um, the post of hosting the latest brainchild, The Gong Show. So those are all in the movie. Um, but like, the big thing is that what the public and industry bigwigs are unaware of is that Chuck Barris, you know, game show pioneer is also a covert assassin. Right. He sure. works for the CIA and claims to have killed 33 people. Okay. It's a very specific S- number. It really is. So the movie itself has lots of humor, intrigue, and game shows, which is what we're looking for. Um, things about Chuck Barris, so he also created the Newlywed Show. Another one that's still around till today. Um, yeah, I mean. Getting people divorced since 1970s. And it's like, it's a dating game where a bachelorette asks questions, which was hugely popular. But the best part that I have to say in this movie is the scene where the girl's playing the dating game and she ends up picking the third bachelor. Um, and the first two, um, the first one is Brad Pitt, and the second one is Matt Damon, and oh. then the third one is a less attractive man. So that's, that's a pretty funny That's fact. a very nice way to put it. Just yeah, She ends just, up with Clint Howard in the end or something like that. Something, but that is, uh, it's an interesting movie. It 
it takes a minute. It it does. I think I don't. I feel like Clooney directed it. I'm not 100 percent positive that he, he did. did and yes. he's got a very why don't we say slow and dry style to when sure, he directs. But sure, but Sam Rockwell is always a vision. So Sam Rockwell is always great. Clooney's always great when you get him in a supporting role. So yeah. it's a very it's a good movie to go back and watch and say like was this guy just full of it or was he actually? Mm, yeah, yeah probably, he, he was probably, probably full of it, but. <laughs> You know, there, there's some ambiguity there. Something yeah. to look forward to. Yeah. Okay, what else? You know what? I'm going to go a little bit more crazy, as is my way. I'm going to go with 1987's The Running Man, the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, absolute classic. The Running Man. So... Aren't oh. there a bunch of them? Weren't you telling me there's a million running men? No, <laughs> no. Can I say running men? Running <laughs> men. <laughs> there's more? There actually is only the one, and... Uh, they haven't rebooted it, which is astounding to me because it seems like a concept they would. That is true. So it is based on the 1982 Richard Bachman book of the same name. Richard okay. Bachman, Stephen King, for anybody who does not know that. Yeah. And it is basically set up in a dystopian future of 2017 and 2019. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, a little bit on the nose there. But society has collapsed because of bad economic decisions. And uh, basically... Everybody, one of the ways that the um, whole economy works is that people try to get on these game shows that are on TV that are all horribly violent and basically involve putting yourself at great risk for a little bit of money. And they're the top-rated shows on the thing. Yeah. Uh, some examples of other game shows they have on there is they make you run on a treadmill till you have a heart attack. And the, lo- <laughs> the longer you go, the more mo- the more money your family gets. That's great. There, you have to climb a rope that's uh, on that's a on fire from the bottom, and there's dogs that are trying to eat you at the bottom. But if I you mean, get to the top, not? you win some money. I need to be entertained. <laughs> but the top show on this network is The Running Man, hosted by Killian, who is played by the great Richard Dawson, who steals. I mean, I don't know about great. I don't know if he's a great dude, but... He's a horrible dude, but yeah. he's a <laughs> legendary TV host and pretty great in this movie. Yeah. Um, Schwarzenegger plays uh, a former pilot who gets arrested uh, wrongfully for I mean, killing an entire crowd of people ups. at a protest. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets put onto this show and basically ends up becoming like an anti-hero to everybody who watches it because everybody usually gets massacred by these... Um, Basically, a troop of like professional wrestlers yeah. that just kind of follow fine. you. You don't have to, to go into oh. too much more detail about it. <laughs> Typical 80s Schwarzenegger, great violence. Everything's just nuts in this movie. I think we'll throw this clip in that gives you, I mean, it just puts you right there. You full it. understanding. Hello, cutie pie. One of us is in deep trouble. You look pissed, Ben. Believe me, you got every right to be. But hey, will you will you just let me explain? This is television. That's all it is. It's nothing to do with people. It's to do with the ratings. For 50 years, we've told them what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. For Christ's sake, Ben, don't you understand? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. Listen, they love game shows. They love wrestling. They love sports and violence. So what do we do? We give them what they want. We're number one, Ben. That's all that counts. Believe me, I've been in the business 30 years. Well, I haven't been in show business as long as you have, Killian. But I'm a quick learner. So I'm going to give the audience what I think they want. <laughs> I love Aiden Schwartz. Everything about them. Just I the mean, beginning of that clip. Richard Dawson was probably like, where is my Oscar? <laughs> it was, that's way too on the nose for 2019 about like 
TV in American culture. And there's a horrible piece of ultraviolence, spoiler alert for a 40-year-old movie. <laughs> right after that, that is just great. Oh, uh, go go check it out, guys. A.D. Schwarzenegger, it doesn't get any better than it, that. It, that, is, that is fact. Um, okay, so the, the next one here is... This one kicks off with a family winning a prize that takes them on a vacation. Awesome. Let's see if you know. In 1804, an expedition explored an area from the Louisiana Territory to the Pacific Coast. For the grand prize, what lieutenant led that expedition? I give up. Wait a minute, Dad. Do you want to Quiet down, quiet down. Time's up, Griswolds. Do you have an answer? Clark? That's it. Clark. Of Lewis and Clark. And the Griswolds are our grand prize winners! Gee, Jacob, do you know it? Oh, it's a hard <laughs> one. I don't know, but I can smell Chevy Chase on that clip for yes. some reason. Obviously, this is National Lampoon's European Vacation. Um, I'm not going to get into the film a lot because I think... It's a National Lampoon movie. You know what's going on. People definitely know it's what's right going the, on. It's right in the title of the movie. You know exactly what's happening. And the game show parts in the beginning, but they win this uh, European vacation by playing on, you know, Pig in a Poke, which is a pretty wonderful game show that requires contestants to wear pig costumes, so... You, you can't right. you can't really go wrong with that, but they end up they go for the grand prize, um, and they're all miserable. And he has to Clark has to convince them obviously to go on this trip. And in his attempts to cheer everyone up, he makes everything worse. Yeah, it's your so. it's your typical vacation format, but, but still pretty enjoyable. Picking a poke, yo. So okay, it's such a it's a great little game show. Of course, I don't know about the costumes, but what else? All right, you know what? I'm gonna go with another real life story. I'm gonna go with 1994's Quiz Show. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, it's such a great little put, it's up, put it so on and watch good. it. I mean, that's the most perfect game show movie, obviously. You think, really? I, I think do. it's definitely the best. I yeah. don't think there's an argument there. Um, so it's 1994, directed by Robert Redford. Underrated director, I think. So, yeah, he's done great stuff. Yeah, it's, you know, pretty good. It's based on the true life story of the game show 21, which was rocked by a scandal when it came out through congressional hearings and such that they actually provided the answers to the questions to the people that they wanted to win on the show. And yeah, it was a huge scandal because they played it off as being a totally legit, you know, exercise. They just felt that the guy who kept winning, the audience didn't like and yeah. that they were losing ratings. So they got like a personable pretty boy Ray Fiennes to uh to Voldemort just beat himself him. <laughs> showing up. Yeah, John Turturro being the unlikable one, which I, I watched get it. the actual clip. Um it's on YouTube of the actual game show. Oh really? When they when they make the Turturro character throw it and like it's kind of painful the guy like pretending to like his journey of finding the answers in his brain of like who is it? And it's like, it's so bad knowing that you were given the answers. I mean, it's kind of funny, too, because this probably would not be that big of a scandal nowadays. People would be like, yeah, okay, well, it's not a real game show then. They're just pro wrestling it up. But like back then when everybody assumed that everything you saw on TV was real, it was a huge deal. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they had congressional hearings on it. They made careers out of this. I actually thought of that in regards to Jeopardy because Jeopardy only, I mean, they have money, but they don't have enough money to pay this dude like forever. 
like this infinite sum. So I'm like, I wonder if he got to a certain point if they would bring a ringer in. Maybe to bring try in, to bring in Jennings. Him out. You yeah. know what? It'll just be the usual. You get paid over the next forty years. That's going to be what they're going to do. That's what they do on game shows nowadays. Like, oh, you win, really? You win money. It's like you get paid over twenty years. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie. Stars John Turturro, Ray Fiennes, Rob Murrow, who after this movie kind of disappeared. Nobody ever heard from the guy again, even though he's great. Movie was up for four Academy Awards. Didn't win any of them. But it was up for Best Picture and Director, so that's a, always an yeah, accomplishment. Yeah, that that's definitely worth checking out so, for sure. And go check out the book as well. Um, I got it right here. Charles Van. Oh, Richard Goodwin wrote it. It's based on his autobiography, Remembering America, A Voice from the Skies. So that he basically covers the entire thing about how he uncovered it and what okay. it all led to and how it pretty much destroyed Van Doren's life. Oh, 100%. Afterwards. Like, yeah. you, you, I mean, you're a professor, and then you're on a game show you're and you a, get the answers, you're yeah, done. Yeah, you're a joke. Um, like, so, you know, go check out the movie. It's pretty darn good. Yeah, I could do a rewatch on that, so yeah. good call. Um, I want to recommend check out Magnolia. Oh, boy. I Ra- haven't thought of that movie. Random movie time. I mean, this movie kind of takes place on one just random day in the San Fernando Valley. It involves such people as a dying father, um, a young wife, a male caretaker, a famous lost son, a police can... officer in love, a boy genius, an ex-boy genius, and a game show host, and an estranged daughter. And then they all kind of become a part of one dazzling multiplicity of plots. But mm-hmm. it's like one story. And it all comes together in the end. So yeah. you think we're able to play the uh, the Tom Cruise opening clip from we that? We are 100% not <laughs> able to do that. But what <laughs> I want to focus on is the scenes that show they have a kid's quiz game show called What Do Kids Know? Um Every every time they're filming that, it's really intense. I mean, even with all the multiple storylines, that one really st- kind of stresses me out, especially like the one kid genius that's on it. Um, but so William Baker Hall, that actor, he plays the host who has just a bad past that comes out. Um, and then William H. Macy is in it. He plays a former contestant that he used to be a kid genius. Um, and then Jason Robarbs is a past producer. He's the father who's dying. So, um, Jason Robards classic role right there. I mean, it truly is. But these people and their families are really showcased dealing with divorce and cancer, death, drugs, abuse, so many things. I will warn you, it's a really intense <laughs> movie for sure. Um, but it's great, especially the game show uh, bits. So. Oh yeah, and the plot itself is just—I love the way that um, it's Anderson, right? I remember. I don't oh, know yeah. which one. Oh yeah, Paul Thomas. Um, Paul Thomas. Okay, so I just love the way that he weaves everything together. Everybody's lives intersect, even if they don't ever me- actually meet. It's they a, have like an impact it's each an other. It's an intense movie. There's no other way to describe it. I love that movie. I mean, there's frogs raining from the sky, and it makes sense in the context of the movie. Somehow so. it does. Amazing soundtrack too. Oh, really of good course. soundtrack. Yeah. So, so go check it out, people. Another one of those Tom Cruise roles where he probably should have been up for or one an Academy Award, even though, you know, he didn't, of course. Michael Caine didn't. Michael Caine was pretty good that year. I remember that Oscar speech just because Michael Caine looked out at Tom Cruise and he's like, you don't want to win Best Supporting Actor. It's going to cut your salary in half. And I was really, but he said, Michael Caine, you don't want to win. It cut your salary in half. Whoa, whoa, when did Michael Caine get here? (laughs) I'm in the presence of an Oscar winner. Uh, when When I'm good, I'm good. 
Yeah, and Michael Caine's up there like, don't. Um, I didn't get to get um, get my last Oscar because I was shooting Jaws four. So <laughs> get out of here, guy. Uh, okay, what you got? All right, so my next one because I know you love it so much is going to be from friend of the show, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's right, everybody. Not, it is no. 2007's The Condemned. You know, believe it or not. I have not seen that film. <laughs> really? I am absolutely shocked. So this movie comes out from WWE Studios, so you know it's going to be good. Uh, basically, mm. it just involves a internet tycoon who goes around to prisons around the world, getting 10 criminals. He buys them out of jail, takes them to an island, tells them, kill each other, and whoever is the last one to survive gets a bun- gets their freedom and a bunch of money because we're going to broadcast this all over the world. I'm the not internet. even going to lie. That sounds like something that could happen. It, it does. <laughs> that very one sounds much realistic. So. It is super violent. Stone Cold actually is pretty good in this movie. Him and Vinnie Jones are both all right because they don't have to do anything. They just have to look tough and look mean and believe that they could kill you in five seconds. And that's a totally believable thing. I feel like I'll just say this sounds like um, one that I had on my list, the adult version of The Hunger Games. It's very much so. It's okay. very much kind of the same deal. And since it came out in 07, I don't know when maybe The Hunger Games ripped it off. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember when the first book came out. Yeah, so that's something to think about. Like mm. Stone Cold. But it's the same thing. Culture. Like they, they fight till the death and then there's one winner yep one winner the last winner gets to uh leave with a bunch of money and wow, gets his freedom and liter- it's literally hunger games <laughs> well, and, and then it gets on the whole thing about like why are all these people like watching on the internet what does it mean of us what does it say about society blah 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 interest i actually wonder if battle royale came out first because that's kind of the same that's premise a, also that's a great question i think it did but I'm not 100% positive about that. Isn't there another prison movie where they take prisoners and make them do a game show? There's probably a bunch of them, well, I'm the sure. The car one. Oh, uh, Death Race. Death okay, Race right. Yeah, Death Race. I also didn't see that, but the, I am aware of the it. The original and the remake, 75 and 08, which are kind of sequels because they changed the main character. Uh, okay. Famously, Sylvester Stallone is the bad guy in the first movie. And then Jason Statham, And right? Jason Statham's a good guy in a later movie, so... You know, same these dystopian yeah, sort if you want, of. You want to see Mad Max car crashes and very low budgets Roger Corman productions? Mm. Do it, everybody. It's a pretty fun movie. If not, if you know exactly the kind of trash you expect it to be. Okay, so since we've gotten dark, let's lighten it up again and talk about a movie <laughs> that people may not have heard of or has been a long time. But UHF. Oh my God, I love UHF. <laughs> of course you do. I love it UHF is such so a Jacob much. Movie. So. <laughs> this cast of characters. After losing yet another job, yep. we have George, played by Weird Al Yankovic. Great, great. <laughs> and he wonders if there's any career that can really handle his just outrageous personality. So when his uncle hands him the deed to a local TV station, George creates a series of television shows based on social satire and hyperactive humor with the help of his best friend, Bob. And Fran Drescher and Michael Richards Both are in it. Both are great. Way before they're famous, too. You're just watching. You're like, wow, look at that. I can't look believe Kramer's in an actual movie. But so the rival station's bitter CEO is trying to destroy George's wacky programming, blah, blah, blah. So what I want to talk about is one of the shows on the station is a game show, <laughs> and it looks great. Today, one of these lucky contestants will win his or her weight in fish. Right here on Wheel of Fish. 
Oh, just it takes me back so much. And then he starts screaming stupid in her face and just, call, oh my, it's so great. It is such a great movie. This I mean, is, if you love Weird Al, you're going to be happy. This is literally peak Weird Al. This is like his most popular time. This is like watching one of his music videos in an hour and a half format. <laughs> it's also the movie where the famous uh, Conan the Librarian clip comes from because it's one of the shows that he has oh, on his TV wow. network. So if you're ever wondering the level of awesomeness that is in this. I just had to. We only. How only did you not remember? We used it for our like one of our things here at work. I don't day. think we did. Yeah, we totally did. Hmm. Well, well, it was memorable. Let me tell you. About me. Go back and find that clip. on The YouTube. library. Actually, we only own one copy of this movie. I just ordered um, another one. But so, yeah, that just so you know, there's there's some more. There's some more coming. Um, okay, so, and then we have to throw one more in because I feel like besides Quiz Show, it's the biggest game show uh, movie of all time. Jamal Malik, Garwa Garam Chai Denewala from Mumbai. Let's play Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? So, of course, Slumdog Millionaire. Of course, Best Picture winner. Best Picture winner. We have 18-year-old Jamal Malik, played by Dev Patel. Still great, by the way. Still knocking it out in Hollywood. I mean, and he he was so adorable in this. But I'm sure everybody knows he is answering questions um, on the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And he kind of – the movie has flashbacks of how he ended up there because he's, like, was a young thief Mm -hmm. and a street kid. And there is – no reason that he should know all of these answers on the show because he's doing really, really well and producers think he's cheating. Um, but it seems like it's kind of faded that all of these random things that happened to him in his life just happen to be the sort of questions that are being asked. So it's a sweet movie. Yeah, it's very well directed by Danny Boyle. Yes. Definitely not something you'd expect from him. You know, yeah. But again, now he's got Aladdin out, so the guy is very... Uh yeah, all over the place with his talent. I don't know about, but yeah, so check out Slumdog Millionaire. Check out all of these films, and that's it. We did it for you, Alex. I hope you appreciate uh, you it. Yeah, do bring back the mustache, man. We don't want a beard. We want the stash. We do. We classic Trebek. <laughs> all right, give us, plug so us up. Don't forget, everybody, everything you hear on All Booked Up is available at your local library. We have 37 branches uh, all across Erie County. And even if we don't have it at your local branch, just ask, and we will have it sent to you. Or you can just visit our bookmobile, which is driving all beep, around. Beep. And, uh, you know, ask them and they'll bring it to you as well. Yeah. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at All Booked Up Pod, where we talk about stuff. But more importantly, I have to talk about um, an event that's coming up at the library because I'm so jazzed about it. On Saturday, June 22nd, I'm going to be talking about it for a while. From 12 o'clock until 5 p.m., it is Harry Potter Day. Nice. So this is at the downtown library. It's for all ages. We're talking Harry Potter costume parade, fortune telling, crafts, there's trivia, there's music, there's potions, and Jacob, are you prepared? Uh, I don't think I am. The Harry and the Potters Band is oh. having a concert at 4 p.m. Look at that. That's get seriously a, amazing. People love out, that band. You get a band. show, guys? Yeah, there's food trucks. So this is like a, an all-day event. Put this in your calendars. I will mention it in future episodes. It's seriously, it's going to be so good. Don't worry, people. Fantastic Beast is not going to be anywhere to be found to screw up <laughs> you your You know, I haven't enjoyment. seen that, so I yeah, can't. Don't, don't bother. I can't comment. Okay, a couple little game show facts that I was really into. Do you remember the show Cash Cab? 
ah, yes, I do. I love Cab Cab. I used to wish I would always be in New York and catch Oh, totally. So this was a show in which cab drivers um, would drive around, pick people up, and then ask them increasingly difficult trivia questions um, until they got to their destinations, blah, 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 and you could win money. But there was a Canadian version of the show that in 2011, the cash cab actually struck and killed a 61-year-old pedestrian. Yeah. What? Did you just laugh? I did. That's what? kind of funny. I hope they, that was. I didn't expect this. You say that. That is literally zero funny about that. But that was a really huge scandal, um, and it kind of ended everything. The American version went off the air the next year. Is also. that is that why it went off the I air? I don't know, wow. but it's that, not. You know what? That makes sense. It's not a great thing. It did seem like it was popular, and it just went away. Now this one is maybe you can giggle at more than a poor dead person. You freaking. I mean, I creep. laughed at the dead person. Um. So. so Aman Ramazan is a Pakistani game show, and guests are presented with prizes like laptops, smartphones, um, yada yada, for answering questions about Islam. Okay. That's the point of the show. So it's hosted by this uh, lively guy, um, Amir Hussan, who's one of the most famous television personalities in the country. Um, he has been criticized because he kind of does some wild stunts in the name for ratings, but in 2013, okay. during the holy month of Ramadan, um, this is a time when the show, like all shows are fighting f- for ratings. It's like the huge TV time. Hussan unveiled his most audacious stunt yet Ooh. is what he gave away for prize were orphaned babies. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. come, come and check out these babies. So, <laughs> Win these babies on It the show. seemed kind of terrible that he was like giving babies away as prizes, but I guess that they had like vetted the families beforehand and that they were mostly female babies because a lot of times um, female girls in Pakistan are abandoned. So he kind Could. of helped them find families. Could you imagine watching <laughs> Jeopardy? And they're like, today's prize, <laughs> a baby. <laughs> <laughs> like my jaw would hit the floor. <laughs> and I would immediately watch the entire episode. Yeah, because like, well, I would like to know. I need to know how many how many babies can I win? You know what? Great marketing plan. I want to watch that episode like right now. I know. Um, Here's another good one. The TV show Press Your Luck. I love Press Your Luck. Oh, also so good. Which no was whammy, kind no of whammy, like. No whammy, no whammy. Stop. Ex- exactly. Part quiz show and part dumb luck. So if you're not familiar contestants play, there's like this illuminated game board. And it lights up different prizes and different patterns. And then it can stop at any time and you win the cash prize that it lands on. So if you stop on a whammy, do us a whammy. Whammy, stop. <laughs> then you lose everything. So the whammy is terrible. So it's, it all seemed entirely random until 1984. There was this unemployed ice cream truck driver. That sounds, um, everything about that sounds Michael right. Larson, he appeared on the show and he ran the board. He played 45 rounds in a row before he struck out and his turn went on so long they had to make it two episodes, which they've never done. He won $110,000 and they, like he never got a whammy. So an investigation by CBS found that he had been using the stop motion function on his VCR to painstakingly review episodes of the show and he realized that the random illumination of the game board actually worked in a predictable sequence. Uh-oh. So he was able to figure it out, but they determined that that wasn't technically cheating. It's not cheating. Nope. So they let him keep the prize, but then they reprogrammed the game board so no one else could do it. That, you know what? Kudos to that guy. Like, total kudos no, to that guy. Yeah, it's totally. amazing. Not cheating. Not cheating at all. Um, And my favorite, since it precedes um, Jeopardy, we got to talk about Wheel of Fortune, oh. which 
I would say they tend to aim at a less academic audience. Oh, I mean, that's okay. Oh, geez, you think? That's, that's okay. Um, so we have Pat Sajak. He runs the show. And then Vanna White, who's killing it at like 56. Or Still looks great. Older. Yeah, at this point. She's the electronic letter board lady. Yeah, she's the letter turner. So today, people can win like thousands of dollars in cars and all these exotic prizes. But back in the 80s, Pat Sajak said the show was like super boring. Um, and instead of competing to win cash, players won symbolic funds, which could be used to buy like lame prizes like appliances and this and that. Oh. So he said that the format took so long to film and it was so boring that him and Vanna used to sneak off during the filming of the show for these like margarita fueled dinners at a nearby restaurant and that they would have like three to six margaritas <laughs> before returning to set and that they were usually drunk during that time during filming. That and is. that Vanna had a really hard time recognizing the alphabet. That is fabulous. <laughs> like, yes, that's a you know what? Probably a better show. <laughs> Probably 100% Did Sajak a better Jack all show. kinds of tipsy up there is cracking wise and everybody. <laughs> okay, you guys, that is our show. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.